Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen. Wonderful. You may be seated. And if you have a Bible, we're going to start in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. This is a well-known and a a wonderful passage of scripture. Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Isaiah writes and says that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Who's here to see the Lord this morning? You know, we've just been singing a song which is actually more than a song. It's more than a chorus. It's actually a prayer. Holy, 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 I want to see you. Do we realize this morning what it is that we're singing? Do we realize what it is this morning that we're asking for? That when we're praying and asking to see God, we are asking this morning for an encounter with Him. That's what it means to see the Lord. The the Greek word for see is the the Greek word hararo, and it means to experience or to encounter. I don't know about you, but I'm here for an experience with God this morning. I'm here for an encounter with God this morning. I've not just come for a church service. I've come to see Jesus. I've not just come to, uh, well, I was going to say to listen to a preacher, but I'm the preacher. But I've not come to listen to my own voice. I've not come just to sing songs this morning. I've come to see Jesus. I've come for an experience, an encounter with Jesus. Now, I don't know a lot, but one thing I do know is this, that an encounter with God can change everything. One encounter with God can change your life forever. It can change your circumstances forever. Two years ago, I was preaching on a, in Argentina on a, in a beautiful uh, seaside town. It was a Sunday evening. And the, the building that I was preaching in was probably about half the size of this room. But there was probably about five times more people than there is this morning. It was a health and safety nightmare. It would have, that meeting would never have gone ahead in, in Britain. Uh, but all these people were crammed into this room and, and uh, we just had a powerful 
time with the Holy Spirit. We were just praying for anyone and anything. I didn't know what they want a prayer for because I couldn't speak Spanish. They couldn't speak English. So I was laying hands on anyone that moved, anything that didn't move. I'd lay hands on it anyway. There were bodies all over the place. It was just a powerful time with the Holy Spirit. But I wasn't really aware of any kind of specific testimonies or anything. I just knew it was a great service. Well, um, in November, just gone, November 2016, I went back to that same church. It was about 18 months after my previous visit. And before I got up to preach, the pastor said, there's a young man here and he would like to share his testimony. So this young man got up, he he was dressed in a suit, um, and he'd, he'd actually been greeting us as we came into the building that night. And this young man, he's probably in his mid-20s, he's called Yogi. And Yogi got up to share his testimony. He said that all his life he'd struggle with mental health problems. He said that he'd been diagnosed with schizophrenia. And he was 95% on the severity scale. He said he was so violent that his family kept him chained up to the bed in the house. And when he wasn't chained to the bed, he would literally roam the streets like a wild animal. He didn't know what day it was. He didn't know his name. He didn't know how old he was. He didn't know anything. And he said, 18 months ago, I was just wandering the streets of this town. And I was totally out of my mind. And he said, I saw a poster with your face on it. He pointed at me. And he said, I came in here on a Sunday night and I had no idea what was going on. But suddenly you came over and laid hands on me. And he said, that moment something lifted off of my life. He said, 18 months later, I'm born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, healed whole, and I'm one of the leaders in this church. Friends, come on, that is the power of an encounter with God. And I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what you're going through, no matter what your circumstances, an encounter with God can change everything. But you know that word see, not to, to see the Lord, not only does it mean to encounter or experience, but it also means to get a revelation of. And we need a fresh revelation of who God is. And there's one powerful, there's lots of powerful truths, but just one powerful truth I want to pull out of this revelation that Isaiah had of the Lord. It says, I saw the Lord and he was seated on a throne. Can everyone say seated? Our God this morning is seated on the throne. Who knows that we live in a world that's being shaken. But in the midst of that, there is one who is seated on the throne. That means that he's unshakable. That means that he is unchangeable. That means that he is firm and secure. I'm so glad this morning that in the midst of a world that's been shaken, I belong to one who is seated on the throne. The Bible says that the kings of the earth may take their stand against the Lord and his anointed but one, but the one who is seated, the one who's enthroned in the heavens will laugh at them. Right now, God is seated on the throne. That means that he has all power, that he has all authority, that he rules and reigns from a place of victory. Is anyone glad this morning that they know a God who is seated on the throne? And you know what? Nothing is going to get him off that throne. 
There is absolutely nothing that takes him by surprise. There's nothing that shocks him. There's nothing that, uh, there's, that throne in heaven will never be vacated. He's never going to resign. He's never going to be overthrown. He's never going to be impeached. He's never going to have to step down from that throne. He is seated on that throne as the ancient of days. And no matter what is going on in this world right now, God is far above it, seated in the highest place. Who's in 10 Downing Street today doesn't affect the one who's seated on the throne. The Brexit negotiations don't affect the one who is seated on the throne. Whatever President Trump tweets about today is not going to affect the one who is seated on the throne. He has all power. He is all authority. He's King of kings, Lord of lords, and name above all names. He rules and he reigns and he is exalted. He is seated on the throne. Where, is he, where are you seated this morning? Come on, church. Where are you seated? Because the Bible tells me in the book of Ephesians that God has raised us up with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You are seated far more in just a, a blue seat in King's Church in Cambridge. You are seated with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. You are seated in a place of authority. You are seated in a place of victory. You are seated in a place of power. And do you know what? The, God is wanting the church to have that revelation that no matter what is going on in our lives, we have been lifted to a higher place. That whatever is going on in this world right now, we have been lifted up to a higher place. You ask some people how they're doing, they say, I'm okay under the circumstances. But who knows, you were not born again to be under the circumstances. But you've been lifted to a place where the circumstances are under you. Come on someone. The Bible says that he is seated, he is enthroned above the flood. Do you ever feel like you're in the middle of a storm? Do you ever feel like you're in the middle of a battle? Well, I'm so glad this, mo this morning that I'm seated with Jesus. That I'm an overcomer this morning. Come on. That I'm the head, not the tail this morning. That I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That right now, I have the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of resurrection life. That right now, God's kingdom, God's authority lives inside of me. That right now, I've been lifted. That right now... I I don't care what the devil may throw at me, because the devil may have his throne, but I'm seated with Jesus in the higher place this morning. That means I have authority over the devil. I have authority over demons. I have authority over sickness. I have authority over circumstances. The book of Romans says that we have been called to rule and to reign in life. Friends, I've been seated with Jesus in the highest place. Hallelujah. You know, I, I travel a lot overseas. I think I've been on a, an aeroplane probably once a month this year. I've been on a plane somewhere. When you get on a plane, who's ever flown? What's the first 
area of the plane, when you go up those steps, what's the first area that you walk into? First class, isn't it? Yeah? You always walk up those steps and you always walk into first class. Because first class is always at the front. There's a lesson there, isn't there? The best seats are always closest to the pilot. Now, I don't know, has anyone here ever flown first class? No, I've never flown first class. My seat is usually at the back. Who knows, that's where the worst seats are. Yet at the back, you're right next to the toilets. You know, you sat there for six hours and there's some terrible smells coming out. You know, if you're seated at the back, you're going to get served last. You know, you, you get all excited when they come on with the trolley with all the food. But if you're sat at the back, you, you can go to sleep for a couple of hours because that food ain't coming near you for a while. In the spring, um, you know, um, Pastor Phil was just talking about my, my brother Matthew. Has Becky been here as well? Yeah, um, Matthew and Becky, they're traveling all over the place as well. And, and in March of this year, I was at Manchester Airport. And I was um, about to get a flight to Atlanta in the USA. And I was at the, the, uh, the gate about to get on, on the flight. And I looked up and I saw my sister-in-law, Becky, just walk past me with a little, you know, suitcase. And I'm thinking, you know, oh, I didn't know Becky was flying somewhere today. Uh, I wonder where she's going. You know, we, we were obviously in close contact. Um, so they call, you know, for us to board the flight. So I get up, and sure enough, I go up the steps, and I'm into first class. And all the, the guys are there, and the ladies there, they've got their feet up, reclining. You know, they've got the hot towels dabbing their foreheads. They're, they're getting the free champagne and, you know, the peanuts. And everyone behind me, you know, shoving me. Come on, you know, get to your seat. So I, I'm thinking, well, I'm not sat here. I'm going to be right at the back. So I walk down first class and suddenly I hear this, hello. And I turn and Becky is sat right there in first class. So I said, I didn't know you were, you were getting on this flight. And, you know, really, that, I'm thinking, I didn't know you were flying first class. <laughs> and she said, oh, are you, are you sat here as well? And I'm thinking, yeah, in my dreams. <laughs> and all these people behind me, they're shoving me. Come on, get to the back. And, and she says, oh, we'll catch up during the flight. And I said, okay, but I know as soon as that thing's up in the air, they're pulling the curtain across. And that's like the holy of holies. You, you are not going through the veil. So I'm sat right at the back and, and all the way through the flight, I'm, you know, I had to repent at the end because I'm, I'm thinking, what is Becky doing in that, that first class? I'm thinking, you know, I partner monthly with One by One Ministries. I'm thinking, is that where my money's going? I thought it was going to these orphans in Kenya. You know what had happened? Becky had got something which is like manna from heaven when you're flying. A free upgrade. Has anyone ever been given a free upgrade? I've never been so blessed. A, a couple of people, you can pray for me afterwards. I want your favor. I want your blessing. A free upgrade. Friends, do you know what the gospel is? The gospel is a free upgrade. Because this is what it says in... 
in 1 Samuel, God says, it says of God that he raises the poor from the dust. And he lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. Who knows, that's a pretty big upgrade. He raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. I'm so glad this morning that Jesus changed my seat. That I was seated in darkness. Come on someone. I was seated in shame. I was seated in sin. I was seated in bondage. I was seated in sickness. I was seated in poverty. I was seated with all the circumstances of life overwhelming me. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I was given an upgrade. And now I'm seated in a seat called blessed. I'm seated in a seat called forgiven. I'm seated in a seat called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm seated in a seat called anointed. I'm sat in a seat called free. I'm sat in a seat called chosen. Someone glad this morning that they've had a free upgrade. That God has lifted them from where they were. And he seated them in the highest place with Christ Jesus. Now, can you imagine if you were sat on the worst seat on the plane and the stewardess came up or the steward came up and said, Sir, madam, you've got a free upgrade and you turned it down. Who knows, you'd have to be crazy. But why is it that so many believers, Jesus has given us his seat, sat in heavenly places with him and yet many of us are settling for a lower place. Many of us are settling for less than what Christ intended for us. You see, Paul put it like this in Colossians 3. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You see, what Paul is teaching us there is this. That you are seated spiritually where your mind and where your affections are. That if your mind and your affections are on the things of the world, you'll still be seated in the lower place. But when you set your mind on Jesus, and when you set the affections of your heart on Jesus... Then he lifts you to the higher place. And you start to walk in the reality of being seated with him in heavenly places. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm here for an upgrade. I'm here this morning that no matter what has been going on in my life this week, no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what my circumstances are, I'm here to set my mind on Jesus. I'm here to set the affections of my heart on Jesus. And in doing that, he is going to lift me to that higher place. Because this morning, it doesn't matter who you are or how long you've been following Jesus. God has got an upgrade for every one of us. You remember John on the Isle of Patmos? And he heard that voice like a trumpet saying, come up higher. What was God saying to John? John, I've got an upgrade for you. 
I want to lift you to a higher place. Is that anyone else's desire this morning? To be lifted to the higher place. You So it's so easy, isn't it? Even as people that love God, to have our mind and our affections take us back to the things around us. You remember even Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples. For three and a half years, Peter had walked with Jesus. He'd lived with Jesus. He'd heard the, the greatest words that had ever been preached. He saw miracles. He saw demons cast out. He even saw the dead raised. And he boasted, Jesus, I'll, I'll die for you. I'll lay down my life for you. And yet in the hour of testing, the Bible says that Peter was seated by the fire, warming himself. Isn't that incredible that even after he'd experienced so much, he was still sat in the wrong seat. He was seated in a place of compromise. He was seated in a place of darkness. And he ended up even denying the Lord. You see, our mind and our heart will always take us back to what's comfortable. Have you ever had a, an old sofa? That, you know, all the leather's ripped and all the stuffing's coming out and there's coffee stains on there and one of the legs is wonky. And your husband or your wife, it's usually the wife, says, you know, we need a new sofa. But you kind of think, you know, that, that's been my seat for the past 20 years. I like that seat. I'm comfortable in that seat. And she's urging you, look, it's time for an upgrade. But your heart is continually drawn to what's comfortable. And you know, we go through seasons, don't we, in our walk with God. There, there can be seasons when we're really on fire and we're passionate about prayer and we're passionate about seeing people saved and we're passionate about being involved in the local church and we come on fire and we're worshipping and we're praising and, and nothing can stop us. But then there can be those times when we go back to what's comfortable. We go back to what's safe. And we can find our heart and our mind drawn back to the things of this world. And Peter, like Peter, we can find ourselves sat warming ourselves by the fire. But do you know that wasn't Peter's destiny? Jesus said to, to Peter and the twelve that your destiny is to sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And friends, I want to encourage us this morning. Some of us, may, may we, we may be sat where it's comfortable. We may be sat in, in a place of compromise. We may be sat in a place where we're lukewarm. We may be sat just where we're warming ourselves by the fires of this world. But God's got something better for us this morning. God wants to lift us to that place where we truly know Him. We truly know His power and His authority and His blessing in our lives. I'm so glad this morning that it wasn't the end of Peter's story. I'm so glad this morning that even if we're, we've been sat in that place of compromise and that place of safety and comfort, that it's not the end of our story this morning. 
that this morning all we have to do is turn our mind back to Jesus. Turn the affections of our heart back to Jesus. And he'll lift us once again to that place of victory and that place of honor and that place of blessing that he wants to seed us in this morning. Can someone say amen? amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus this morning that's able to lift us out of that low place into the high place this morning. Anyone want to walk in the blessing of God this morning? Anyone want their family to be blessed? Their finances to be blessed? Their home, their business to be blessed? Do you know what the key to blessing is? Where you're seated. Where you're seated. You know, I used to preach to the church and I used to say, it's not just about sitting in a seat, you know. Actually, I've realized it's everything to do with sitting in a seat. Just depends which seat you're sat in. This is what Psalm 1 says. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Does anyone want that to be true of them this morning? Anyone want everything they do to prosper? Who wants to be like that tree that's bearing fruit? Well, the Bible says it, the, the key... Is where he's seated. The psalmist said that the man or the woman who this is applicable to is not sat in the seat of mockers, but instead the affections of his heart and his mind are on the truth of God's word. You see, there are different levels of truth. Did you know that? Do you know what the lowest level of truth is? Facts. Hello? Do you know what the highest level of truth is? God's word and the person of Jesus. Do you know the facts can often mock the truth of God's word? And we have a choice. Are we going to partner with the facts? Because when we partner with the facts, we found ourselves sat in the mocker's seat. But when we partner with the truth of God's word, he lifts us to a higher place. So the facts may be that you're sick this morning. But the truth is that by his stripes we're healed. Do you see that facts mock truth? So you have a choice. Which seat are you going to sit in? Are you going to sit in the mocker seat? Are you going to partner with the facts? Are you going to say, well, this is how I feel. This is what the doctors have said. Or are you going to decide, I'm not going to sit here. 
But I'm going to choose to partner with the truth of God's word. And in doing that, he's going to lift me out of my circumstances and seat me with him in Christ. The facts may be that you've sinned this week. But the truth is that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you can either sit in a place of condemnation and shame or you can allow the truth to lift you to a place of freedom. The facts may be that you're struggling financially, but the truth is that my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. The facts may be that you are depressed, but the truth is the joy of the Lord is my strength. The facts may be that you're anxious and worried about something, but the truth is that the Prince of Peace lives inside of me. Which seat are you going to sit in? The mocker's seat. Are you going to delight in the truth of God's word? You remember in the home of Abraham, Ishmael, the natural son, mocked Isaac, the son of the promise. And Abraham had to make a choice to get rid of the mocker. Friends, we have a choice in our lives. We have to get rid of the mocker. We have to get rid of those voices in our lives. We have to get rid of those mindsets that mock the truth of God's word. Just let me tell you, I'm sick and tired of sitting in this seat when God's got an upgrade for me. Someone say amen. God lift us this morning out of that place of how we're feeling and, and, what, and just the natural facts and what we're going through and lift us to that higher place. Let us partner with the truth of your word. Amen. I want to pray this morning in a few moments that God's going to lift some people to a higher level. That God's going to bring an upgrade into some people's lives this morning. That there's some people here this morning and you've been sat warming yourself by the fire. And this morning he's going to put the right kind of fire in you again this morning. That this morning some of us we've been partnering with, with the facts. But this morning we're going to chuck out the mocker. And we're going to declare once again that, that our God reigns. I want to close with this scripture. There was a king of Judah called Jehoiakim. He was actually the last king of Judah. Can you imagine? You're the king of Judah. You're the king of the nation. And suddenly the Babylonians come. And the Babylonians destroy everything. They destroy the temple. They destroy your palace. They drag you off the throne. They take the crown off your head. They kill your family. They put you in irons and in chains. And they drag you off to Babylon and put you in prison. Who knows you don't get out of that. Jehoiakim was in prison in Babylon for 37 years. Can you imagine... Been in prison for 37 years. He must have been thinking, I'm going to die in this prison. Wouldn't you? He must have thought there's no way out. 
Have you ever thought like that? Have you ever been in a circumstance and thought there's no way out? Maybe some of you are right there, right now. You're thinking there's no way out of what I'm going through. I want you to listen to this. You can put the scripture up. Jeremiah 52. Reading from verse 31. Jeremiah 52. Verse 31. It says in the 37th year of the exile of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. In the year evil Merodach became king of Babylon. He released Jehoiakim, king of Judah. And freed him from prison on the 25th day of the 12th month, Christmas day. (laughs) He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat of honor higher than those of the other kings who were in Babylon. Next verse. So Jehoiakim put aside his prison clothes and for the rest of his life he ate regularly. At the king's table. You know that's a pretty big turnaround. From dying in prison. To being set free. And being given a seat. Of honor. Higher. Than all the other kings. Being allowed to eat from the king's table. Who knows this morning we can eat from the king's table. Who knows this morning there's an all-you-can-eat buffet in the house of God. That joy is on the menu. Healing is on the menu. Breakthrough is on the menu. Answers to prayer is on the menu. And we're all invited and there's a place for all of us. I want to declare to someone this morning that you may be in a prison. You may be in a prison of darkness. You may be in a prison of sickness. You may be in a prison of depression. You may be in a prison of struggle. But just like Jay Cohen, I want to declare to you, you may have been in that prison for decades, but that is not the end of your story. That is not your destiny. That the king is here this morning to proclaim over you, I have come to set you free. The king is here this morning to say, I am lifting you out of the dungeon and I am seating you in a place of honor. I'm seating you in a place of victory. I'm seating you at my table where you can eat all that you desire. You know, I've studied that in this passage in concordances and Bible Dictionaries, the whole thing. So I wanted to know why. Why would the king of Babylon do that? Because he had lots of kings that were in prison of other nations that he conquered. What was it about Jehoiakim that the king of Babylon suddenly set him free and lifted him to a higher place? Couldn't find anything. <laughs> no one knows. I looked at the life of Jacob and I thought, was there some good in his life, in his past somewhere that would attract the favor of God? And he didn't do anything. He was a real terrible guy. I looked at the the name of this king, Evil Merodach. And, you know, it doesn't sound a great name, does it? But I thought, you know, maybe the Babylonian, it means like Jesus or something. But I just couldn't find anything. There's no reason why Jacob would suddenly be released. But then I realized this. 
It says, in the year Evil Merodach became king of Babylon, he released Jehoiakim, king of Judah. See, what happened was this. The old king died and a new king came to the throne. And that is what allowed Jehoiakim to be lifted to a higher level. You see, in your life and in my life, there's an old king. And it's called the flesh. Hello? But the old king has to die. And a new king has to come to the throne of my life called Jesus. As long as the old king reigns, I'm going to be seated in that place of defeat and that place of struggle and that place of shame and that place of bondage and that place of darkness. But if the old king dies and suddenly Jesus, who reigns, Seated in the highest place. If he can reign on the throne of my life. Do you know what's going to happen? He's going to lift me. Out of my prison. Out of the low place. And he's going to allow me to be seated with him. Because the message of the gospel is this. That for all eternity Jesus. Was seated. At the highest place. As the creator of the heavens and the earth. As almighty God. But 2,000 years ago. He humbled himself. And took the seat of a servant. Took the seat of a man. He lowered himself. And he even took the seat of death. And died on the cross. In my place and in your place. But three days later. He rose again. And he ascended. To the highest place. The name above all names. The king above all kings. The Lord above all lords. More powerful than death. More powerful than the curse. More powerful than anything. He's above cancer this morning. He's above sickness this morning. He's above arthritis. He's above diabetes. He's above it all. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand and I will make your enemies my footstool. You know, that's the most quoted scripture in the New Testament from the Old Testament. God's getting us that revelation of where Jesus is sat. And when I make Jesus a Lord of my life, he lifts me from that place where I've been seated and he allows me to sit with him. I'm ready to surrender again this morning. I'm ready to die again this morning. I'm here to say, Jesus, I recognize that you are seated on the throne of my life. That I die to myself and I ask that your kingdom would come in me. I cast my crowns before you. I say, Lord, come and take your place. Because when I do that, that's the beauty of the kingdom. That when I humble myself, he lifts me to a place of honor. And a place of victory. And a place of blessing.
Someone give Jesus some praise this morning. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.